Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina. Welcome. It is Tuesday, April 28th. We are fast coming up on the end of the month. And as promised, we are going to uh, bring back some of the Locked On College hosts to come back and talk about the draft picks and undrafted free agents that the Giants have landed. And uh, we're going to kick it off today with Jimmy Stein, who is one of the co-hosts of Locked On Bama. So he is going to come on to talk about Xavier McKinney in segments two and three. Gave some really good insight into uh, into Xavier McKinney and what he brings to the table and even went so far as to compare him uh, the pros and cons and what he brings what he doesn't bring to another former giant draft pick from Alabama taken in the second round Landon Collins who of course uh, was with went on to Washington so some really good insight there from Jimmy Stein and we will have that for you in segments two or three of this interview Now, before we get into that interview, I do want to touch upon the news from yesterday about Marcus Golden and the rarely used UFA tender that the Giants applied on him. him. Uh, Let me just break that down for you a little bit so that you understand what that is and why the Giants used it. I I think it was a brilliant move, by the way, um, because... It basically ensures that the Giants can potentially get Marcus Golden back without it screwing up any compensatory picks, which, quite frankly, the Giants aren't going to get next year anyway because they just signed too many free agents. But um, let me get this to you and uh, let me explain this to you. So what the Giants did was they applied a tag called the UFA tender. And what it means is if Marcus Golden is unsigned by July 22nd or the first scheduled day of the first NFL training camp, whichever is later, he can return to the Giants for the coming season at a cost of 110% of his previous year's salary minus any performance bonuses. So let's break that down a little bit. Last year, the Giants had Golden play on a one-year prove-it deal worth $3.75 million. He earned a $1 million sack incentive performance bonus, which uh, was given to him when he hit double-digit sacks. That $1 million does not count towards the calculation. So if his rights revert back to the Giants, if you take 110% of $3.75 million, he, that means Golden would be in line for a $1.1 million raise, which would bring his new one-year cap hit to an estimated $4.125 million, which, quite frankly, is not a bad deal for the Giants. It might not be ideal for, the, for Golden, uh, who is obviously, you know, because he's unsigned, uh, we can perhaps conclude that he's looking to get too much money, but it's a good deal for him. And, uh, you know, if he can go out and he can get his agent to get him another deal with a team, 
that, you know, is willing to pay him, say, $6 million, for example, that he can sign with that team and then the Giants lose all rights. But here's the thing. The caveat with this UFA tender is that if Golden does sign with another team, he now counts against that team's compensatory pick formula. All right. So what that means now is the deadline for comp picks, uh, I, I should say, Actually, the deadline for free agents to count against Compix was Monday, uh, April 27. So if Golden were to sign, let's say, for example, he signed with Dallas, who is projected to have four Compix next year after losing all the free agents that they did, Golden would affect that formula. He could potentially cancel out one of the Compix the Cowboys were in line to get. So... The strategy of the Giants in implying this tag, it kind of keeps him away from keeps Golden away from NFC East opponents who might be in line now for comp picks, but it also gives them a backup should they need uh, you know, should they, they feel that the pass rush isn't where it needs to be. So it, it's really a win-win for the Giants for uh, for Marcus Golden, unfortunately, it, it probably is going to represent less than what he was looking for, what he feels his market value is. But um, look, the fact of the matter is, is he's not signed. He didn't have it d- didn't appear to have a robust market in free agency. And you can draw whatever conclusions you want. To me, that would suggest that he he had a high price tag he was looking to earn. So. It's just, it's an opportunity to ensure that he could get paid if he uh, if he pursues it with the Giants or if he signs with another team or, you know, they move on. So it's, it's really a win-win for the Giants and kudos to Dave Gettleman and Assistant General Manager Kevin Abrams for dusting off that seldom used UFA tender, which I believe was last used in 2017 by the Patriots. I think it was used on LeGarrette Blount at the time. So uh, I don't know if this was necessarily a Joe Judge decision or what, but you know, it's, it, it, it was, it's a smart move. It just simply is. So we'll see what comes of it. But uh, that's basically the explanation behind that tag. All right, Giant fans, stay tuned. Coming up in segments two and three, I have Jimmy Stein of Locked On Bama. He's going to talk Xavier McKinney. So we will be right back after these messages. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beer while you binge watch the hottest television series, sometimes you just need it to have it delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. If you love the convenience of having food from your favorite restaurants delivered right to your door, you're going to love Postmates. But here's the thing. Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They've actually made life easier with grocery deliveries, convenience store items, clothing, you name it. To get started, download Postmates app on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code locked on NFL for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. 
Anything you need, anytime you need it, Post made it. I'm joined now by Jimmy Stein. He is one of the co-hosts of Locked on Bama, and he is here to talk to us today about Xavier McKinney, the safety the Giants chose in the second round. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on the show with me. Oh, I appreciate you uh, you asking. My pleasure, Jimmy. So let's start off with Xavier McKinney. What type of player are the Giants getting in this young man? Well, first of all, he's a great player. That's why he went where he went. That's why he was the very first safety uh, off the board in the draft. Uh, but almost as important, he, he's a great kid on top of it. I mean, I, I think talking about him off the field tells you almost a lot about what he is on the field. And that is, uh, he, he was a team leader, even though he's a true junior, it was just his third year on campus, but he was a team leader, the real captain of the secondary. Uh, Alabama had two, both starting inside linebackers were injured. So Alabama had to play two true freshmen as starters all year long at inside linebacker. So Xavier even had basically lining up the entire defense thrust upon him. He, he was the leader out there. He not only lined up the secondary, he was helping to line up the front seven. So there, there was a lot on him mentally, yet he was still able to pull it off really well. Again, a team leader, kind of one of those alpha dog personalities. Very smart, very bright. Uh, Nick Saban loved him. Uh, just, a, just a committed. We, we, we jokingly at Alabama, we, we call them Saban bots. You know, they're kind of mm-hmm. robots, but they're they're all like like Nick. <laughs> they're just driven kids who care about absolutely nothing but football, and uh, and that's Xavier. Uh, just a driven, good kid. He will give you a hundred percent at everything he does, and he'll be a leader on the team. And that's what he brings off the field. So when you combine that with the fact that physically uh, he's the first safety off the board and checks most every box you would want in a safety, uh, that's what you're getting, a great player on and off the field. How was he used down in Bama? What does he do really well? I think in, in, he was very versatile. Here's a kid who played a bunch of spots back in, in, in safety. He played strong safety, played free safety. He even played some nickel corner. And most importantly, particularly this past season with Alabama having those injury issues at inside linebacker, he lined up in the box a lot. I think what he does best is tackle. I think what he does best is the closer he plays to the line of scrimmage, the more disruptive he is. Even though Alabama doesn't blitz a lot from his position, he he did. He he was very effective when he did. I, I think it's one of his best traits is just being disruptive at or near the line of scrimmage. I, I think that's his best trait. Uh, he's good in coverage. He's not uh, he's not fantastic. I I, I think if, if there is an issue with him, uh, it might be the man to man coverage stuff with with real quick players. Now, he'll shut down a tight end. He'll shut down a back pretty well. I think when he gets matched up on speed receivers. That's a little tougher for him. But in terms of just being a disruptive playmaker and always being in the right spot at the right time, that's where he's at his best. I think he'll play very early for the Giants, uh, particularly in the substitution packages when there's five defensive backs or six defensive backs, and you can kind of free him up to roam around. That's when he's at his best. But I think they'll always, to some extent, be an issue if you ask him to to cover, you know, man to man speed receivers. I was just going to ask you that if if uh, he played in a lot of three safety sets, that seems to be uh, 
Uh, we don't know this for sure, but just based on the the clues we've been able to gather about Patrick Graham and the type of defense he plans to run up here, we think we're going to see a lot more of the three safety sets. And I was going to ask you if if Xavier played a lot in those packages. He did. He did. He did. It's a it's a big thing with 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 Coach Saban. Alabama is is known as a, a three four defense, but actually over seventy percent of the time Alabama lines up in in nickel. And the fifth defensive back is usually a corner, oftentimes a safety. But because Xavier is capable of playing both spots at the college level, oftentimes, even though Xavier's on the field as one of the main four, he was the one switched around the field. In other words, a fifth defensive back would come on the field like, let's say, it's a pure safety. They put a pure safety on, and then all of a sudden, Xavier is basically the third corner all of a sudden. Or maybe they put on a third corner. A third corner comes off on the field, and Xavier plays up like he's in the box. So Xavier was the guy they moved around a lot. If, if Alabama's in regular, he's in one spot. If he's in nickel, he's in another spot. If they're in dime, he's playing a third spot. But that's how smart he is and how versatile he is and how he has some corner-type specific skills but also safety-specific skills. And again, he's at his best when he lines up in basically a linebacker position. Uh, that, that's when he's been really disruptive and makes a lot of plays because, let me tell you, he, he's a tough, tough kid. He, he plays bigger than he is. Yeah, he. Uh, I saw some of his film, and he he's a hard hitter, that kid. I mean, he just he goes out there and, and you know, it, it, it takes no prisoners, basically. In terms of, uh, you mentioned a couple of things that that you don't think he would be, you know, maybe a sh- have a strength in. What other types of concerns might you have uh, if you're a Giant fan for him as he enters the NFL? Now, certainly things that he's going to get coached up on, but, you know, just coming out of school, what are some of the things that you think maybe they will look to address with him right off the bat? I'll tell you one one kind of uh, thing with New, with the New York Giants that that gives you a, a little bit of an idea what kind of player he is. It wasn't too long ago, maybe five or six drafts ago, the Giants drafted Landon Collins out of Alabama, and almost not only the same position in the same school, almost in the same spot in the draft. I think Landon went around thirty fourth or thirty fifth in the draft to the Giants, and and Xavier is kind of right there, right right behind that spot. Uh, Landon is a similar player to Xavier in terms of he knew the defense at Alabama really well. He was a team leader. Alabama moved him around a lot. Landon played multiple spots in Alabama's defensive backfield, and Xavier's done the same thing. In that sense, they're very similar. Always thought Landon was a better player at Alabama up in the box. That's the same thing I'm telling you about Xavier now. In that sense, they're very similar. Now, I think Landon had a step or two on Xavier in terms of overall speed. Collins is probably a little bit straight line faster, but Xavier might be a better ball player, if that makes sense. I I think Xavier might even be more instinctive than Collins, who who was a a really good player in New York. And uh, I think with Xavier getting somewhat of 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 a similar kid, maybe he's a little more instinctive. Put it this way. Uh, I, I, I doubt you're going to see Landon in coaching when his playing career is over. I'm not sure you would see Xavier in coaching either, but Xavier would make a really good one. He he knows that stuff really well. So let's say he's a little more instinctive and a little more knowledgeable. Maybe he lacks a step or two behind Landon, who's kind of a true 4-4 guy. But 
Xavier not quite as fast in, 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 in terms of a 40 time, but Xavier always seems to know where the offense is going to be. He's just a real instinctive dude. You're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trena and special guest Jimmy Stein of Locked On Bama. He's one of the co-hosts. Take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get to know Xavier a little bit as a person, so stay with us. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trena here with you, and I'm joined by Jimmy Stein. He is one of the co-hosts of Locked On Bama, and we are talking Xavier McKinney. And, Jimmy, let's talk about Xavier off the field. You mentioned he's a really great kid. What can you tell us about him, his interests, um, what what strikes a chord with him, any interesting tidbits and that sort of thing? Well, first of all, zero trouble. I mean, zero trouble. He's been a a great kid from the start. He's never been suspended. He's never, you just never hear his name involved in anything that that uh, <laughs> in any negative way at all. And he showed up that way, to my knowledge, uh, absolutely no problems in high school, no problems at Alabama, even during his true freshman year when he was primarily playing on special teams. He did play right away. He didn't redshirt. He played right away. He wasn't in the defensive backfield lineup as a true freshman, but he was on all the special teams. It was clear uh, during his freshman season that even though he wasn't in, his lineup, in, in the lineup, that he would be in the lineup quickly. Part of that's because he's just a driven, football-only type kid. Uh, everybody on the team calls him. I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's a common nickname with uh, with his first name, but everyone calls him X. You know, that's just kind of his his nickname. And I kind of caught on with the fans quite a bit. He's uh, very well spoken, uh, good in interviews, gives thoughtful answers. Uh, just a thoughtful kid. I'm sure that uh, he has interests away from football. But you wouldn't know it from all his public interviews. He's, uh, again, like I said, he, he, he's a Saban bot. He's exactly the type of person Nick Saban wants when he recruits and, and they show up and, and they do exactly as they're told because it's what they want to do. Xavier just wants to be a really good football player and he puts, he puts, uh, all, all his effort into doing just that. He did well in school. I don't believe he graduated, but keep in mind, he was only on campus just for three years. Uh, had he had he returned to Alabama, there's no question uh, he would be on track to graduate. Uh, he just didn't graduate super early, but he's a, he's a smart kid and a good student. Had absolutely no problems at Alabama whatsoever. Just the model kid and, and a leader. And uh, I think he'll be a leader for the Giants early early in his pro career. One thing that I know kind of jumped out at me about him is his artistic side. He mentioned uh, that he like that he's drawn his own tattoos, all but one I think he has, and he just likes to draw. And I found that to be kind of interesting about him when I was doing my research. And I actually asked him about that on the conference call, and his face absolutely lit up because I think he was surprised that somebody you know bothered to look that up or, or to ask him about right. it. And he just absolutely went on and on about it. I mean, is that something that that he's spoken about well, with you guys? I do know this. He, he has a, a, a tattoo on his back. <laughs> his entire back is basically an, an Alabama football tattoo. So he, he's not going to have a whole lot of room left to add some giant stuff, but I'm sure he will. He's, he is, uh, I, I have uh, heard that he, he, he doesn't do his own tattoo work, but he draws it all up. I think he does a lot of other drawings on the side. I guess it's just a creative outlet for him and indicative of his intelligence really said this is a this is a good smart kid he's not going to be overwhelmed by by an nfl playbook 
and, and I think, uh, you know, especially with the new coaching staff coming in and it's new for everybody, that's one more advantage, I think, always for the new guys, you know, the, the, the veterans who've been around the NFL and know what's expected of them as professional athletes, but they don't necessarily have a leg up in terms of this playbook, which, uh, which Coach Judge is showing up. Uh, it's going to be new to everyone, but Xavier will pick it up very quickly. It's hard to learn Alabama's defense is an NFL-type defense. Coach Saban runs the exact same defense at Alabama he did when he was head coach of the Miami Dolphins. So it's an NFL defense. It takes typically takes all of the players Alabama recruits two full years on defense before they really understand it. But Xavier's one of those kids that, that was able to pick it up in just a year. And uh, he's just an intelligent kid. I think, I think the drawing and the the tattoos and everything else are just just more examples of, of how bright this this guy really is. Definitely. Now, the New York market is quite different than you know down in Alabama. It's that matter of fact, it's sure. you know it's it's one of the toughest markets in which to play. And you know, one of the factors that goes into, I'm sure, you know, who the Giants bring in is can they handle the market, the criticism, you know, the bright lights, the opportunities, the potential for distractions and whatnot. How do you think Xavier will do with all that stuff? I can't imagine that that's going to be a problem for him. He's just such a well-adjusted kid. And even though he didn't uh, go to school in inner city Atlanta, he grew up in kind of an Atlanta suburb. So, you know, not, not that there's any, any city that that's comparable to, to the big apple and, and all New York city and Manhattan have to offer, but he did grow up in, uh, in suburban Atlanta. So that is a, a very, you know, large city, especially for the South. So, I don't think the city, the city living is going to, is going to really affect him negatively. You know, Alabama doesn't have media coverage, anything like the giants have. And the comparison is, isn't a good one. It's not uh, ironically apples to apples, but Alabama is heavily covered as a college football team. There's very few college football teams that have the size of the daily beat writers that cover Alabama on a daily basis. So he he is going to be as prepared for that as any college kid can be coming from from an environment like that. Alabama also does a lot of media training with all of its players, and uh, and I think it, that gets them comfortable with with the media. Uh, now again, New York's different than, than any other than any other place as you as you bring up. But if anyone can adjust to that, it's going to be a kid like him who grew up just outside a big city and. Uh, you know, relatively has dealt with the media pretty often. Well, I'll tell you this much, Jimmy, I found him to be a very intriguing personality so much so that uh, when I put in my media requests for, to speak to some of these guys one-on-one, he was at the top of my list. There's just something about him and I can't put my finger on it quite yet, but there's just something about him that just makes me think I'm going to really like this kid. You know, he, he, I liked what he had to say and how he conducted himself on the conference call with reporters and, you know, he, he didn't stop smiling, which I thought was really cool. You know, he was so, I don't want to say giddy because that's probably not the right word, but you could just see the excitement in his eyes and hear it in his voice about the opportunity that's been given to him. And he, he will, he will take full advantage of it. He'll be a popular player. He's a very popular player at Alabama. Not, not so much like, you know, you can't compare it to someone like, like a Tua Tungavaloa who's, who's, who might, who might actually be the most popular player in Alabama football history with the, with the Alabama football fans. But, but defensively, I mean, everybody likes the guy. Everybody rooted for the guy. Again, there, there was, 
Never once any negative story, not even a negative slant, uh, and a really good player. I felt last year during the game, we asked Xavier to do so much, again, because of all the injuries in the front seven. I, I don't even know how we managed to make plays on top of basically being the coach on the field on defense. But I really thought when award season came around and he was not nominated for the Thorpe Award, which goes to the you know, the Thorpe Award goes to the nation's best defensive back. I, I'm not sure that Xavier should have won it, but he should have been nominated, and he wasn't. I, I thought that was, again, so much of his focus came off of playmaking and on to coaching up the players around him and getting everybody in the right spot. But I felt he was the best defensive back in college football. Now, of course, I'm, I can be heavily biased when it comes to that. But for instance, LSU's Grant Delpit uh, was a nominee uh, he did seem to get more attention in award season, but Xavier had better numbers than Delpit across the board and then, then was drafted significantly higher. So, you know, McKinney may may have deserved some of this uh, hardware that was handed out to the nation's best defensive backs. And I'm sure he, you know, it's the very beginning for him. I mean, very promising prospect. Um thrilled that he was on the board. As a matter of fact, the Giants, Dave Gettleman said that had he not been on the board when they picked at number two uh, over in the second round, rather, or, or, I'm sorry, number, I think they were fourth in the second round, but had he not been on the board, they would have looked to trade down because they just thought that highly of that young man. So that says a lot right there, I think, about Xavier McKinney and how they feel about him. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see how they ultimately end up using him. Jimmy, before we call this show, let everybody know what you got going on and where they can find you guys on social media. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I co-host Locked on Bama and we have a new uh, podcast at least three a week, even during the, uh, the shutdown we've managed to do three or four a week and and when things are, are are really going we do five or six a week uh we're looking forward to a season that we hope happens we're optimistic that it's going to happen and uh we're just about i think today would be as we record this around 102 days till the scheduled start of fall camp as far as colleges go so we get so excited about it down here about Alabama football that 102 days doesn't feel like we have enough time to talk about the upcoming season. So if uh, anyone's interested in, uh, in Alabama football and everything that's happening, really with all of Alabama sports, just uh, find us on Locked on Bama. Well, let's hope there is a season because right now, who knows what's going to happen with COVID. I mean, I'm hoping there's a football season, let alone, you know, college football. Yeah. Yep. And it's crazy. Uh, and we've not, uh, obviously, uh, no, no one down here in the South has dealt with what uh, you guys have up in New York and New York city, especially. And, and we have our, certainly have a, a number of cases here and it doesn't compare, but it's still scary for everyone. But look, uh, today I was a little more optimistic. There's more more news out today that several campuses around the country are planning as of today on having students back on campus this fall. That's what it's going to take for there to be a college football season. If there's a college football season, it's going to start with students being on campus. And uh, so it's, today, anyway, there's just more more good news out there about, about that potentially. Well, let's hope that it comes to fruition. Let's hope medicine catches up with this virus because this is one scary sucker. Never seen anything like it in my lifetime, and I hope I never see something like it again. So, Jimmy, 
Thank you so much for coming on. Stay safe. Giant fans, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to hear more from the Locked On College hosts all week long. Going to bring them on to talk about their various prospects that the Giants drafted. And hope you will join us. So for Jimmy Stein, my name is Patricia Trena, and we will talk again soon.